Promotional consideration paid for by the following. The video game of the year. Roger that, Bravo Sierra. We've got some insurgents killing orphans, and they've got some nerve toxin and a nuke and a random flashback level on which JFK and Castro do get out on the moon. Righteous Slaughter 7. Copy that, Red Leader. Call in the airstrike. Righteous Slaughter 7. The realistic art of contemporary killing. How do you kill? Rated PG. Pretty much the same as the last game. Shut up and sit down. Welcome, everybody! It is episode 332. My gods, man, we've been around for freaking 500 years. We've been around forever. I can't believe it. It's insane to just think about it. Just pondering it. I'm like, God, we've podcasted forever. This is silly. This is ridiculous. It's insanity to think that we've survived and kept this going for all these years. It's it's awesome. It's fantastic. We've podcasted longer than a presidential term. I mean, yes. obviously, we, we've been doing that like longer than just now or anything. Mm-hmm. But it just it just kind of hit me. I was like, well, what, what's been going on in the world that I can't even remember because I don't watch the news because I'm just a fellow who works in a dungeon. And I went, oh, hey, you know, we probably started this before all the ruckus and the wildness and all, I mean, every single craziness that all went on. Man, we've just been keeping on trucking, just third shift on the rails, chugga, 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 yeah, chugga, choo, 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 choo. Just choo-choo! I'm just a happy little choo-choo train. I'll always be the same. I only wish to race along beneath the bright blue sky and be a happy choo train until the day I die. You know what I'm saying, Matt? We're getting content <laughs> content copyright stricken. We can't say that. Gotta all right, well, you bleep that all out, and then you'll make Steve mad. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we do that too much. I can't, I can't piss off one of our best patrons. I can't do it. This time you get to hear it, Steve. Consider yourself lucky. Uh, you're lucky this time. Anywho's, it is me, Mr. Eric. We're here today for episode 332 of Third Shift. And with me, you already heard him because we already talked about some little bits and hits here and there. It's Mr. Matt, the inglorious bastard himself. Mr. Matt, what'd you do this week? How's it going? I feel like I did almost nothing this week, and I don't know why, because I did a lot, and it feels like I did a lot, because we had a long weekend, and how could I not do a lot? But the only things I could think of to write about were uh, Lansing Symphony Orchestra had another Masterworks concert, had a piano soloist. He was great. It was awesome. He came out you know, for the extra encore and did like just solo jamming on the piano. Not like jamming, but orchestral type of jamming, you know, classical piano jamming. And it was great. It was a fantastic show like it always is. But it makes me wonder, and you know, I I don't think this, but it makes me wonder when we have like, you know, nationally known acts who come in and, you know, a, a singer or a pianist or, you know, a, a violinist or a flautist or whatever, and they, you know, hey, I'm here with the Lansing Symphony Orchestra. They're not the orchestra that they go around with or anything. I'm like, man, do are we good? Do we suck? Are we just kind of average? Are we like what are we compared to where else you play? Like, obviously, if you're playing at Carnegie Hall, that's like the best of the best. So we, we couldn't be that. But are we like pretty good? Everybody always says, oh, hey, thanks to the great orchestra. But like, are we really? I don't know. Are we good enough? Yeah. yeah. Are we actually I mean, putting on a performance you're proud of? And I mean, obviously, not every city has a symphony orchestra to even play with. So I'm not, not trying to like downplay it. But I was just sitting there kind of thinking of it. Huh. I don't know why it popped in my head. Because it was a good show. It was a great show. What was really cool, too, was they had like a, I don't know how to describe it, like a small like winds performance right at the beginning. Usually it's just all 
the whole orchestra's there, do, 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 do. They do four big pieces or two or three or whatever, and then the soloist comes out. But this time they were like, they had it all set up weird. I'm like, why are why is there an oboe? Why is there a clarinetist? Why is there a trombone dude just like sitting here in front? Because it's always the strings in front. And they did this piece with just them. And it was really cool. No conductor, no nothing. It was really neat. And then they brought everybody in. And then the expert came out. It was a great show. And then the only other thing I did, the only other thing I did, that's a lie. No, I did one other thing. So I'll say with the other thing first, because there's not much to say about it. I'm a Steam Deck. I've been talking about, you know, playing Vampire Survivors. I wanted something else. I was playing the Penny Arcade Episode 3, because they had the 1, 2, 3, 4, way back in the day on the 360 days. Had been playing 3. Wasn't really hitting as much as it did back in the day. So I went, eh, probably not going to finish this. What should I play? I want to play something that's RPG-like that I can play in fairly short bursts here, you know, while I'm at lunch at work. Hey, here's an idea, stupid. A game that you missed out on that you talked about on a shift of monthly topic. Why not download Undertale and start playing that on your Steam Deck? Been playing that. A lot of fun. Obviously, everybody who knows Undertale knows there's three different routes you can take, like a normal, a genocide, and a pacifist route. I went, well, I'm not going to play through it three times, so I'm just going to play the pacifist route. If you know Undertale, you know why it's fun. That's all I'll say to that, because you have to avoid attacks and figure out how to interact with the enemies to make them peaceable and blah, 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 blah. That's been a lot of fun. And the other thing that's been a lot of fun is the only other thing I can think of to talk about, except for something that I'll think of right now as I'm saying that, except there's nothing to think about. It's 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. I gave you props on the show last episode, saying you were right to recommend it all those years. For all these years, you've been right. I should have played it. And I played it, and I beat it, and I platinumed it. I did everything except the end game battles. I did every, absolutely everything. Unlocked everything. Platinum Jones, look at me go. What a great game. Uh-huh. What an awesome experience. Thank you, Eric, for finally talking me into it. It's fantastic. Thank you, me, for finally putting it on your New Year's resolutions to actually play it. Boom! A New Year's resolution. Pow! Checked off the list just like that. No problems. No problems at all. And I'll tell you, man, the characters, the story, everything about that game was just fantastic. I miss it. You know, having you fresh at it and do it, all my brain keeps saying is go, go, go put it back on. Go. Go, go play it some more. Go play it some more. And I can't. I just can't because I have too many other games i got to be playing. But, man, just seeing those characters again and hearing you briefly talk about a little bit of this, a little bit of that, I'm like, mm, man, it would be so nice just to get refreshed again and, and hear those names and hear them chatting and their inner, you know, their dialogue back and forth together and how it all comes together. Here's the scene where you start getting the seeds about yes. this. and Oh, yeah, I remember where that was going. I remember where that led to. I was thinking about it too, even just playing it. And I was like, man, this is so cool. I would love to, like two years down the road, kind of just like we're talking about right now, get it on the Switch and play it on the Switch. Because, I mean, you don't unlock trophies or anything on the Switch, but it would just be a, a new and different place to play it, a way to play it uh-huh. and play it there. And I will say, for all you who don't have 13 Sentinels Ages Rim right now, I think it was two days ago or one day ago, old Wario 64 uh, at GameStop, GameStop, yeah, it was GameStop. You can buy it, I think it's even new, for like $7.94. That's ridiculous. It is the cheapest thing you could ever get. Bam. And an amazing experience. I will back Eric up 100% on that. Characters are awesome. 
the story's awesome. The twists, the turns, the wackadoo stuff, the stuff that comes out of left field when you're playing through this storyline, you have no idea where that even came from. And you start working through another storyline and you see a totally different avenue of that. Or you see that thing that was so cool. You see it over here too, but now it's acting completely different. And why is it different over here when it was over there? Just And then the battles. I think as as awesome as the story is, as awesome as the, the twisting and the turning, and I, I like I said last episode, I absolutely love that stuff. The battles are just so good and just so much fun. Once you finally start leveling up your your sentinels and putting in maybe not the objectively best skills for the certain situations, but the ones that you love the most, and you're just like, F it, this dude, he's just doing this. Miura, he is just doing railgun. I do not care. He's got he can do missiles, he can do EMP. He doesn't. He's just Railgun Jones. That's that's my Miura. And you could build these people all kinds of different ways. Now, granted, they'll still be in the same Sentinel, same type of stuff. But I was just thinking about while I was building these people up and busting, you know, this this ability up to plus eight and maxing it out, like, instantly, instantly, no questions. And I was like, man, what did Eric do with his fourth gen? Is he, was he going in with the well, missiles? Or was he talk, just yeah, Interceptor Jones? That. Was he this? Was he that? It was so cool. With Tommy. Yeah. You know, I'm like, no, I went na- I went freaking just napalm, solid earth, just destruction. And you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, did, I checked that one out like two or three times. And I'm like, no, no. Uh-huh. That was it. That was my life. Kiss Rocky went boom, boom, boom. That's all she did. That's her only purpose in life was to do that and and just clear everything for me. And just like we said, which people did you mostly keep on the bench? Not just because like I don't like him or anything, but their bench skills were also cool too. Mm-hmm. Like I kept Mura out because he was Railgun Jones, but he was also Railgun Jones if you just kept him in the back lines. She'd just be sitting there, and all of a sudden. Your your terminal goes, and that's that's why I put Kisaragi there because I'm just sitting around and I'm like, I see this ring on the map. I'm like, oh, what's coming in? And it's a it's a friendly green missile coming out. Beautiful. Oh, it's great. It's wonderful. What a great game. And I love, like I said, just the all the different options. I could make Ogata's totally different. I could have Sekigahara doing. Completely different stuff. I could not go Sentry Gun Jones on all the second generations and have them doing all kinds of other crazy stuff. Just, woo! But you should oh, go Sentry Jones. You, you should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sentries <laughs> and Guardian Avengers. Like, why would you not? If mm-hmm. you see the area effect of that Guardian Avenger the first time you put it mm-hmm. down, like, why would I ever not do this? I'm going to explode everything. It's going to be great. Oh, but a fantastic game. And that's all I did. This week, got the Platinum. I, I was going to say I don't know what I want to play next. Obviously, I'm going to continue to play God of War now that that's done. Oh, yeah. But now I kind of want to – I usually have like two games that I bounce between, one that's like action and one that's like an RPG, which was kind of this one right now. So I'm like, well, I'm going to be playing an action game. What do I want to do next? What hmm, – hmm, 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 hmm. So I got to puzzle that out. But that's all I did this week. We'll see what happens next week. Eric – what did you do this week? So first and foremost, World of Warcraft, that's been in for days now. Me and my brother, we've been smashing through it. He's already maxed out a couple characters. He's just waiting for me to get leveled up so we can start doing the Mythic Raids and then get into the LFRs. Well, I maxed up my character finally. However, we weren't ready for the Heroic Raids. Excuse me, not even Mythic. We weren't even ready for Heroics. So we started doing a bunch of uh, just standardized dungeons and then just the day before I stopped playing, I found out I needed one trinket. 
one more trinket that would allow me to start doing the heroics. But that's where we quit for the week. We haven't got on and played since. It was like three days ago. It was the last time we played. But I cannot wait. I cannot wait till me and him can get on, do this one dungeon that officially for sure gets me that trinket. Because, of course, if you don't know, dungeons, they give you random loot. You might get nothing. You might get a bunch of stuff. This one comes with a quest. And the quest gives you this trinket. So I can finally get to, you know, the level I need to be to do heroics. And that's where the game starts to actually get really cool because you start to do the heroics, you get into heroics to get into the uh, LFRs, that gets you enough gear to get into the mythics. Once you get into the mythics, you start getting raided up. Now you can do the real raid. And on top of it all, it was really cool because an individual I used to play with years and years ago, I'm talking like 10, 12 years ago, used to play with, out of the blue, messaged me. He goes, hey man, didn't we used to raid together and hang out and stuff? And I went, yeah, yeah, long ago. And he goes, where do we used to do that? And I said, well, was some random guild. I don't I don't remember, honestly. We, we flipped around a lot. And he goes, wasn't it Bad Omen? And I was like, yeah, you're right. Holy crap. I remember I remember a buddy of mine, Anthony, got us into that guild and we started raiding with you. He was doing the, the bug people and all that. He was during Miss of Pandoria. And he goes, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I remember. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, man, we're still raiding. We're still doing mythics. We're still having a great time. Why don't you come join our crew, and we'll still rock and roll and do all sorts of cool stuff. So I was like, the hell just happened? Holy cow. We're looking to actually do this stuff and have some good times, and out of the blue, some random person that I used to play with and hang out with all the time messages me and goes, hey, join our crew. We're doing all the stuff. So it's like that perfect just invitation just happened. I was like, how does this come about? This is, this is crazy. It's wild. It's, it's insane. It's the magic of video games, Eric. It it's is. the magic of video games. Isn't it? It's so beautiful. So, of course, I told him, I said, hey, let me and my brother just peacefully just level up to the point where we're ready, and then we'll come join you. Uh, and I got to make sure, like, my other character is the lead of the guild, because the guild we're in is the old guild we used to raid with. So obviously I don't want to let that guild just float away because it's got a, you know too much history, too much assets to it. So a lot of back end. I got to do some stuff. Then we'll move over there and have a great time. But that's it for the World of Warcraft section. Now I don't know which one to do first. I know you didn't, here. I know you didn't watch it. Last of Us HBO show, man. You didn't watch it, did you? Right. I didn't watch it. No. Okay. So I did. I watched the first episode. It was fantastic. Awesome TV. Awesome. Awesome. It was like an hour and a half for the first episode, too. So you got a nice meaty chunk of that first little area, you know, that happens in The Last of Us. If you played the game, you know, all about before uh, Pedro or whatever, you know, all that. It gets through that. Then it gets to the beginning of how everything syncs up and how Ellie and you meet up. All that happens. And there's enough changes to where there's just enough to where you're smiling and grinning the whole time at how everything plays out, because it doesn't quite play out the same, but it does. It's just, it's wonderful. And it's really cool because you get kind of different perspectives from different characters. Then in the game, you don't. Now, I don't really care about Last of Us, the game. I played through half, maybe a little bit more, but I don't know. I gave up on it. Last of Us 2 is really dark. But this might be it. This might be the ticket, man. This might be where I actually enjoy Last of Us. Just watching it as a show and just seeing the theatrics and the drama and all the BS play out. It feels different. It hits different. Like, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to get involved, involved. I can just, you know, sit back and have a beer and watch a show. 
instead of actually hours and hours of me playing a game just to see the character do some crazy shit that I don't want to do or didn't wouldn't be what I would do. You know what I mean? I can be kind of disconnected from it and just enjoy it for what it is instead of get involved and get annoyed when the main character is doing crazy stuff I don't want to happen. Yeah, and if I liked these kinds of shows or this kind of media, I would probably watch this because I like Pedro Pascal. I think he's a great actor. I mean, the fact that he's doing a southern accent in the the trailers, it makes me smile and giggle because that is not what he sounds like at all. But I I feel like if I watched it, I would enjoy it because – you could, I'm sure, I, I don't know, but I feel like you would feel the connection between the two a lot better because it's real humans with real faces like looking at each other. And I know Last of Us is great and everybody loved the connection between Joel and Ellie in that anyway. But I feel like it would be, it'd be something you could watch, snack on each week, watch it, grow close to those characters. And like you said, not be super involved in the minutia of it. And like, oh, I've got to craft a shiv and do the thing and sneak through the thing. You're just watching them sneak through the spot. I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like I would want to watch it but I know I don't like this kind of world. I don't like these kinds of stories. And I know what happens anyway, so I probably won't. But if I wanted to experience The Last of Us, I would probably watch this because it looks good. I've heard nothing but great stuff about it. He's a great actor. I feel like this would be the one. So, like I said, the game wasn't really, but the show is. I'm having a great time with it. And, of course, the last thing I did this week was Chained Echoes. I've got Game Pass. I told you guys I re-upped, was doing high on life for a little bit. Still got to get back to the high on life, but uh, Chained Echoes, it just, it echoed in my mind, man. It kept, you know, coming up, you know what I mean? I just had to play it. I just, everyone kept talking about it, and I kept hearing about how good it was and what a what a great old school RPG it was. So I did it. I downloaded it, and I played it, and I don't, I don't know how many hours I'm in. I'm, I'm at least past 12, 15-ish hours into this game. I'm having a great time. It is what everyone was talking about. It is an homage to the old school RPG. Has a whole bunch of just lifeblood and essence from like Chrono Trigger and, you know, RPGs of that nature. Now, on the plus side, as I told you at work, you don't got to worry about leveling up. It happens, but you're only in the skill point sense and then taking your weapons and upgrading them, that kind of thing. But you don't level up and you don't sit there and have to, you know, grind, 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 grind. But. On the other hand, the downside is every battle is a fight for your life. Every battle is a battle where they want you to use all your abilities. They want you to use everything at your disposal. I find it awesome because I don't have to sit here and go, never use this, never use that because the boss is right around the corner. I know at the end of this battle, I'm getting all my HP, all my TP back. Everything's coming back to me, so the next fight will be completely fresh. That's awesome. The downside is they do make some of these battles tough enough to where I'm having to use items. Guess what, man? Items don't come back. Items you have to go buy from a store. You, you had me half sold. I was I was itching and interested. No, no, it's over. It's over. It's done with. Never had, never. No, I can't use an item. I can't you use an item. You have to use items. You have no. to use items, and you have to buy items. Now, the compensation, though, the, the, the sideways here is, is something I'm just learning, okay? is that they've got these shops, these these dealers who do deals, all right? And if you find certain items off bad guys like, you know, hey, the teeth of the mer- the tooth of the mermaid and the and the horn of the algoroth, you'll get these special deals that get you a whole bunch of really cool stuff on the cheap because of these items you found for them. So they kind of understand that you're going to have to use items and they make these deals you can get, but that's luck. That's RNG. Or it requires you to pilfer and steal. 
I've never been a pill for steel guy, but this game is kind of like, hey, you you should probably make sure you get at least a couple pill for steels in every battle. To try to get these items that you can then make the deals with. To where they're like, hey, we're, for these four items, I'll give you twenty uh, angel wings, which are your revives. That's fantastic. That's like insane. You get that, you, you're you're in the gold. So that's cool, but not cool. It, it's kind of forcing you to do a thing that maybe you're not used to or don't like to do to get these deals to make it so you don't have to actually just spend regular money to get the items that you're going to need in the battles because also you have the ability to buy, of course, weapons, armor, etc. And not only that, but a new system that just got introduced to me was upgrading through the blacksmith. So you can take like your weapons and armor, upgrade them, open up, of course, the new stats for them, but not only that, crystal slots, which allow you to put in the crystals, which give you even more stats, but then those crystals need to be made, so you have to use money to form these crystals to combine them to make actual things that are useful. It it almost got overwhelming, because they hit you pretty quick with both of those, and I sat there, and I'm like, oof, I don't know, do I want to do this? This seems like a lot. This seems crazy. I was hoping for just an easy, mind-numbing RPG that had a fun story. But this sounds like I'm going to actually have to work if I want to build these characters up. And especially with the battles the way they are, mm-hmm. I have a feeling you're definitely going to have to have at least close to the best item with all the crystal slots and in and it. And keep it going. And then and have the backup crystals because when you fight the fire thing, you're going to need all your fire and water crystals in. But when you fight the earth thing, you're going to need your lightning and earth crystals in. So have, 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 or the characters. Or at least the characters because that's the other good thing is each character has a side character. So you can take that character, swap them up for the other one. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm fighting with this one. You know, it's got all elemental attacks. Well, this thing's immune to elementals. You're useless. Get out of this battle. And then whoop. Which, again, now good and bad, because now you have to have two full sets of equipment to make sure those two characters are And that's And two sets of crystal yes, stuff. You do. To, to, to do. You have to make sure everybody's equipped and ready to rock and roll, because you might need them in the very next battle. Yeah, you could cheat and just go, oh, crap, I got beat. And then reload and go grind away to get the character you're going to need up and run or whatever the case may be or just find some kind of sideways way to beat them and use it but anywho's i can't go on and on and on but i'll say like the battle system is cool there's like a orange green and red grid as you're battling and every attack or every magical attack anything you do sends you up but then as you go up if you get into the green you're in overdrive where you're doing more damage enemies are doing less damage to you and then you'll get opportunities through your characters to do skills and or magic or attacks or whatever it is to take that meter and bring it back. And the key is to keep it in that green and that overdrive section because, of course, as I just said, that's where you're doing the most damage. But you don't want to get in the red. If you get in the red, now the enemies do double damage. You're doing half damage and you're getting completely wrecked. But so far, sometimes you're like, if I don't do this revive or if I don't do this skill... I'm going to die. And then you have to go, but I'm going to go in the red. But if I don't immediately have something to get me out of the red, they might just end up killing one or two other characters and I'm going to die. It's a whole thing. And so the whole trick to the battle all the time is like, is it worth being in overdrive and how far into overdrive do I want to be in before I start to defend or do some useless or tertiary attacks to get me back into normal or at least at the very beginning of overdrive. It's really cool, really fun. Having a blast with it. I could talk about it much more, but I won't. Chained Echoes, a good time. I highly recommend everybody check it out. 
Speaking of good times, that you highly recommend everybody check it out. If you're into this game series, you got to check it out. It's Fire Emblem Engage. It's coming out tomorrow as we're recording this on the 20th, developed by Intelligent Systems, published by Nintendo. It's for the Nintendo Switch only. And I got to say, it's a game I'm interested in. I pre ordered it a while ago. It's going to be coming to my Best Buy, and they're going to email me and say, come pick it up, and I will go get it tomorrow. So I haven't looked super deep into it, but I have been watching a dude who I just randomly found on youtube who does fire emblem stuff he's been doing it for years and years he got a copy early so i've been dipping in on his streams watching him he's playing it on like super hard mode so it's ridiculous and he's always in the menus doing stuff but it's fire emblem engage and if you like fire emblem three houses this is not exactly like it it takes strips away all of the like the social time elements like the you know planning out what you're going to do throughout the week this is what i do today and then time moves forward all that's gone but there is still a ton of side stuff in here to do because you are going through pretty much a basic Fire Emblem story. You're the reincarnation of the Divine Dragon, and every so many years, however many thousands of years it is, the Divine Dragon and the Fell Dragon are reincarnated. They battle it out to see who's going to control the world. Obviously, you want to win because the Fell Dragon's bad. So you round up an army of heroes, and everybody knows, but I'll say it here just in case you don't, one of the big systems in this game is you get... I think they're called emblem rings, and with these rings, you can engage with heroes from Fire Emblem's history. Roy, Marth, Lin, all the others, all the others that you don't even know, Sigurd, all these other people who you've never seen, Ike, everybody knows from Path of Radiance. And what's cool about that is, you know, your characters are your characters. They have their abilities and do the stuff. But when you engage with these other characters from Fire Emblem's past, they bring in their own abilities like they have their own attacks and stuff which is you know a sword attack from sigurd but that's cool because you can put sigurd's ring on an archer so hey he just used bows but now when you engage with sigurd now you can do melee attacks or you can engage with a magic user and now use magic when you're normally just a knight with a big old lance and that's cool on its own but on top of that when you engage once per battle, I think it is, you can use awesome, like, overdrive type of abilities. Like Sigurd's, it's, I think it's called Override, where you just run through enemies in a straight line and damage them all, and you end up in the back lines, wherever, you know, after those three spaces, boom, you're there. Another character who I've seen, it's like, you you warp, like, up to ten spaces away, and then can unleash this giant magical attack. So, not only do you have their abilities just, like, attacking and defending, and they give you different stats when they're equipped to your character, but then they give you these awesome over-the-top abilities that you can use to decimate your foes. It just looks like a ton of fun. Graphically, it looks great. Audio-wise, amazing. Outside of just the battles, there's so much stuff you can do like in your kind of home base. You're doing social... I shouldn't say social link type stuff. You're doing traditional Fire Emblem support conversations. When you fight together on the battlefield, they kind of level up. Now you can go back to the home base. The two characters will have a little conversation their support level goes up. Now they work better in battle together. If you like Fire Emblem, you need to play this game, especially because I didn't even realize this, which shows how little I ended up playing Three Houses, because every single review of it says, the weapon triangle is back. It's back. I didn't know it went anywhere. Apparently I played so little Three Houses, I didn't know they took it out, but the weapon triangle is back, which is the heart and soul of Fire Emblem, if you ask me. And that's axes beat lances. Lances beat swords. Swords beat axes. So you have to strategize and move your people and fight in the proper ways. And this game, this is what excites me so much, 
it incentivizes you to do that by adding in the break mechanic, which I don't think has been in any other Fire Emblem. If you go in against this axe dude with your sword dude, wham, you attack him, you can break him. And so every time you come back to attack him again during your player phase, he can't counterattack because it's saying with your with your weapon skill, you kind of knock the weapon out of his hand. So what could have normally been in every other Fire Emblem, super dangerous, like... You have a boss at the end who's got a hand axe, which means he can attack ranged characters too. You would always take, you know, I'm going to try and get some XP for my mage, run up. Oh, but he can always counterattack me. He always can because he's he's a ranged character now too. But now if you go up with your sword, dude, whap, you break him. Now you can go up with your mage and just get free attacks. Now you can go in with your archer who is level one because you just got him and you just want to level him up quick. So you want to have him kill the boss. But before... If he missed a shot, he was instantly dead and gone forever because permadeath exists in Fire Emblem. Now, if you break him, you can you can pull all the little strings and have the people who are doing one damage come up and not have a chance to get murdered instantly on the counterattack because there is no counterattack anymore. It's so good. When I heard about it, I was like, what's break? Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Oh, it just, it makes the weapon triangle even better. And it's already an awesome system and I love it. I will say the only negatives people have said is that the the engaged characters, they show up and they have a cool scene and it's cool that their abilities are there. And if you remember them, you, you kind of bring back abilities from those days. But in the story, they don't do much. They're kind of just there to support you and, and cheer you on and do stuff. But when I saw Lynn on that screen, when I saw someone engaged with Lynn and they do like the side-by-side pose, I threw my hands up and I said, it's over. I have to. I'm, I, I already had it pre-ordered, but I went. It's over. It's done. That's the only character I'm going to bond with. It's it. If you remember any of these characters, even if they don't go super deep in the story, it's awesome to see him again in this awesome new anime art style. It's a fantastic game. Everybody who likes Fire Emblem should play it. Everybody who likes tactical role-playing games at all, you should definitely play a Fire Emblem. Why not play the newest and greatest one? Why not engage with Fire Emblem? Engage. Man, oh man, man, that sounds freaking amazing. But of course, you just said a thing. Hey, if you've ever played with these characters, never had a great time in the past, you're going to have a great time now because Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden are out now on the Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, whatever the one before the newest ones is. You know what I mean? The old, The old Xbox. That's Xbox One. There you go, Xbox One. It's out right now, available to you. And these are games. Persona 3 Portable, that actually goes, well, Persona 3 goes way back to like the PS2 era. Persona 3 Portable then was redone for like the PS, uh, was it the PS Vita or PSP? I think it was PSP to start. I think it was PSP. I think you're right. It was the PSP. It was redone for that. And then, of course, was able to be brought over to the PS Vita later on. Persona 4 Golden was made for the Vita. And these titles are fantastic. These are Atlas titles. These are spinoffs from Shin Megami Tensei. And, of course, it's the Persona side of things, which is what everybody loves now. Everybody loves Persona 5. But these are where it all came from. These are what it grew from. And I can say from experience, Persona 4 Golden, fantastic title. Yes. You know, you're you're a bunch of freaking students. You should all know the deal by now. Bunch of students having a great old time. Find out about the Midnight Channel. Stuff's going down. People are dying in this town. All of a sudden, you find out you can go through a TV into this weird, crazy land, 
and you meet Teddy, who's this crazy, bizarre individual who can help you. And then you discover you have personas that allow you to defeat the shadows inside of the Midnight Channel's little thing. And off you go, Matt. Off you go on this wonderful adventure to help save this town and save the people from the serial killer who's out there doing the bad, doing the naughty. And you get to help your friends along the way, discover their personas the dungeons, they're procedural, but everyone's themed around whatever that particular dungeon's supposed to be. So it's still a great time. The music's bumping. The music's just going to town. Everything's there. You can see all the inspiration and all the motivation that got you Persona 5 in Persona 4 Golden. A chef's kiss. This game is fantastic. The characters are freaking crazy. Crazy good. I loved it. I highly recommend you play this if you haven't. If you love RPGs at all, it is definitely a must-play. For sure. Now, Persona 3 Portable is a different case. All right? And I'm not done with it. I'm not done with it, but I started this one up because I want to be a Persona fan. I said I'm not going to do one or two unless they do remakes for them, but I'll do three. I went with Persona 3 Portable because it was available on the PlayStation Vita, and now it's available here for all and everyone else on all the different systems. This one's different, though. It doesn't go the way the other personas goes the original place uh, persona 3 does you'll get to have your school time do the activities roam around the areas all that's there this one you do not there's a very set area that you can go look at which has the shops and everything for you to explore but beyond that it's just script it's not i don't want to say scripted but it's like Visual novel or something almost. I was just going to say it's it's definitely more mi- visual novel style where you go to the area and you see the screen and you move your cursor on the screen to interact with the thing. It's kind of point and click style, visual novel style. If you played either of those, you kind of get the idea. Yes. And it's throwing me off uh, because in the beginning, it's pretty, uh, I hate to say it, it's pretty dull. Very, very beginning, not a lot of interaction with characters, not a lot of side hustles going on, not a lot of the side characters popping up yet. And then I got past that initial boot, you know, that initial bump and got through the first dungeon, got to the second area. They've got now two or three side characters that you're starting to be able to interact with and do some, you know, uh, interactions with to build your social links, care, you know, uh, students and the, uh, not students, teachers, that kind of stuff starting to come into play. And I love the characters. I think the character models and just the way they look and how I feel they're more just sharp. And just cool than Persona 4 Goldens were, to be honest with you. Like, I love the way the character models look more, but their spirit, their, their, uh, the interactions I've had so far are not there. It's very basic so far, and it's kind of throwing me off a little bit. I feel like I like the main character models a little better mm-hmm. because they're, they are more anime. They're more like edgy looking yeah. than Persona 4 Golden, which is more kind I don't want to say realistic because it's still an anime art style, but they, they kind of look like normal people. Versus three, it's a more stylized, but I don't like them side characters. Like your best friend, I hate that guy. He's so well, he's bland and worst. ugly. But, but I feel like, I mean, you kind of mentioned it. The, the difference in style, I think, is what kind of throws me off. Like if, I, if my character, who I could see and control in a 3D environment, was still running around the world, I feel like I'd have more connection to it mm-hmm. like you do in four and in five. And I will, I mean, I'll just throw this in there. Part of the reason they did Persona 3 Portable is because all those Persona 3 original files are like lost. So you can't have regular version anymore. So that's, that's why, but it's still disappointing and sad. Still disappointing because it doesn't follow the current formula of Persona. They had to change it up. But on the upside of things, like we just said, the characters look fantastic. 
And it is nice to just snappily, quickly move in between areas. It does feel simpler instead of like, oh, I guess I should go run around and talk to every single character again in case I'm missing something. You don't have to this time around. It's pretty simple. A couple clicks and you're like, okay, I'm done. Go to sleep or go to the library or whatever. You know, you only have a few options so far open to you. So that part is sometimes nice just because you don't have to worry about having missed something because a few clicks and you know if you did or didn't. So I want to finish it because a lot of people claim that some of the characters in this are the best that Persona's ever had to offer. And I do love the character models, especially like the teachers. I feel like the teachers look really cool and look actually normal. Uh, a lot like Persona 5's did, whereas Persona 4 was just like, no, you know what? We're going to go crazy. We're going to go crazy. We're going to make teachers wearing, you know, the King Tut outfits and, and, and characters with, like, teeth that are coming out of their head, like, and eyeballs, like some kind of creature out of Crystal Protocol or something. It's wild. Come on, man. You would wear the King Tut hat if you could wear it at work. Pro- probably. For a day See. or two, just for fun. You're right. But anywho, these games are out. They're available to you. I highly suggest you check them out, especially Persona 4 Golden. And if you get involved in that in Persona 5, check out Persona 3 Portable as well. Because, like me, maybe you're going to want to become a Persona fan. And you got to have that knowledge behind you because, you know, you know how them fans are on the 4chan and stuff. They'll eat you up if you don't know your stuff. But speaking of knowing your stuff, I promised you last week that this week I would know my stuff. So I went in, I deep dove, I went elbow deep into Portal RTX, and I watched the Digital Foundry talk about it also. It was like 14 minutes. I watched the whole thing. And they said so many things I don't even understand. Ray tracing, I don't even know what that is yet, but now it's path tracing. Because path tracing is so much better than ray tracing. And listen to this 15-minute conversation about how much deeper it is. All I will say is specular lighting. Do you know what specular lighting is? And cube mapping? I don't have any idea what that is. But I will say, if... You heard me talk about Portal RTX, and I'm just going to say it looks really good. If you got a really good graphics card, it looks like how your mind tells you Portal used to look, but it looks 10 times better than even that because the lighting effects, the reflections, just the, the way the way lighting works in the new Portal RTX is incredible. Obviously, the original Portal was like from 2007. It's ancient now, just like all of us are. But if you compare these two side by side, it's interesting because in some areas, just like flat areas without a lot of dynamic lighting, it doesn't look like that big of an upgrade. But when you get to the areas where there's lighting and reflections and the rays are bouncing four times, which is what they said in the Digital Foundry thing, it's incredible. Like the the actual real reflections, they showed like a like a piston cylinder going up and down. In the original, it's just a flat lighting texture. If you like move your character, it kind of moves with them versus in Portal RTX, when that piston's moving up and down, the actual lighting in the actual room is displaying actual new reflections as it's moving and you're moving. It sounds stupid to say it. You got to watch the digital foundry thing. It's incredible though. When you see like the little balls of energy going across the room and all the new shadows and everything, when you when it crosses in front of a portal and the lighting kind of comes through the portal before it passes by, chef's kiss. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Uh, if you have an AMD GPU, you can't play this game. It's it's complete, just a hot fire. You'll see in the Digital Foundry YouTube video, if you watch it, they literally show, here's all these different levels of NVIDIA cards. Here's an AMD card. It's just, it's just a hot fire. But if you have the best card... It's going to look incredible. If you got a good card, it's going to look really, really good if you manage some sliders and do some stuff. 
I wanted it to look even better. Like I wanted the graphics themselves, like the textures. And the textures are improved, don't get me wrong. They look really good. But it's not like popping your eyeballs out. But when you see the lighting in those certain scenarios and the reflections, I couldn't believe it. I wanted to download it here and see how good I can get it to look. But it's just, it's so wild because it's so good. Like I look at certain scenes and I go, it's too much. Turn it down. Go back to the old one. It's crazy. So if you appreciate lighting effects, watch the Digital Foundry thing, download it, check it out. It's incredible. An incredible game anyway, but now it's going to look insane in some of those areas. Like nuts, absolutely nuts. So I did my research. It looks great. If you can, if you can get all the sliders up, you're going to have a crazy time. Now, if you can get all the sliders up, I want to be your friend because you're hustling. You're out there making money. Because I did a little bit of research, man. I went found an individual who was um, uh, big into this and uh, watched his video about uh, the upgrades and what it all means and everything else. He was doing you know side-by-side comparisons, the whole nine yards, and it does look fantastic compared to what it used to, lighting effects, everything's all there just like you were talking about. But then he said something funny, and it's a side tangent. He goes... He goes, yeah, you know, the uh, Portal devs, etc. they were nice enough to go ahead and send me, uh, you know, this game. They also sent me a, a brand new 4090, mm-hmm. uh, so that way I could see what it looks like and see the differences. These people are just getting sent, 4090s, man. I got a 3060. I'm so proud of my 3060. I'm so happy I have a 3060. <laughs> and these individuals are like, nah, you know, they, they were so nice to me. They just sent me a 4090 so I could see the difference. So if you're over here getting the sliders all the way up, doing all the things, that means you probably have a 4090, 4080, maybe even 4070. I don't know what it takes. I'm not that deep in that I know all the specs, but I want to be a friend because uh, I can't afford one of those, and I'd really love someone to afford one for me. And that's why I keep pushing the Digital Foundry video because there's a lot of videos from people who, hey, they sent me this, and oh, I think it looks really neat. But it feels disingenuous because they got it for free so they can do it versus mm-hmm. this is literally just showing you specs and side-by-sides and all that side-by-sides stuff. Side-by-sides of everything and every model. And I'm not saying it's bad that they got it because obviously they're big big no, channels cool. and, and they not deserve bad. it. I'm just jealous. I, yeah, just yeah. Want, I want to have me a 492. But it just feels weird to be like, hey, guys, check out Portal RTX. I have the ability to play it super high, but you and I absolutely would not. So, no. yeah, that, that's. I just wanted to say that. I'm like, I'm not dissing on them, but Digital Foundry, I mean, they're the ones who you show show you all the side-by-sides. Mm-hmm. They do this stuff for like... That's what they do for a living. That's what everybody goes to them for. It's awesome. So, yes, I agree. It's pretty cool. Maybe, as you said, I'll, I'll finally play Portal for the first time ever. You know, maybe this will be it. Maybe then I get to play it upgrade with all those new light effects. I'll get in there and check it out. But you know what we'll never check out? That's true. Never again, Matt. Never for once, never forever. <laughs> Pour one out for the homies. Google Stadia is officially shut down. You cannot play it any longer as we're speaking at this very moment. But, Matt, two shining lights in the uh, in the dark night here. One, they already said they're refunding everybody who bought this. Wow. So you lost nothing. Everybody who went in on this believed in them. They said, we're sorry, it didn't work out. They refunded everybody. You've got your money back. You've lost absolutely nothing, except for the sadness that you'll never get to play Google Stadia again. And then the second piece is they went, hey, you know that controller you got? Check this out. We went in and did a little, you know, magic. Now you can do this little update that allows it to just become a Bluetooth-connected controller, just for whatever you want to play and do. So the controller, at least forever now, and ever onward can be used to play your games, etc., on your computer or whatever. I wish I'd gotten one because now I can have like a collector's item 
Google Stadia controller would be my main controller here instead of my old PS4 controller. Mm-hmm. But you said two shining beacons in the night. There's a third shining beacon oh, in the, there's in the night. Oh, not just from not from Google themselves, but there's a story been floating around on the internet of this mysterious player who on Google Stadia played Red Dead Redemption 2 in the Red Dead Online mode for like 6,000 hours. And he was so sad it was getting shut down that Rockstar, who gets a lot of crap, especially from Red Dead Online fans, they say, you're not supporting the game enough. From people who don't like GTA Online say, you guys are just milking that. Where's the actual stuff? They heard of this guy... They contacted him. They sent him an enormous box of Red Dead 2 merch, goodies, all the things. Like, literally all the things. I just watched his unboxing of it right before the show. And it's not just, oh, we sent him a t-shirt and a a sticker. He got all the t-shirts. He got all the stickers. He got all these fancy branded things, keychains, candles. They sent him a giant Arthur Morgan coat, like a full-on duster coat that's fully branded with Arthur Morgan's name inside. All the hot details are there. It was awesome. Yeah, obviously, you know, people say boo-hoo about these big corporations and stuff, but when they do good stuff like this, they deserve a shout-out. They heard of this man who supported that game, granted on a free platform, hey, even on a free platform, for 6,000 hours, it's getting shut down, he can't play it there anymore. Boom, they said, here, you've been loving us. Boom, we're going to love you right back. So good on you, Rockstar. It was awesome. Indeed, good on you for sure. And, of course, hey, sorry to see go Google Stadia. We will get there eventually. It just wasn't ready yet. You know, unfortunately, we don't have the internet. Everybody's talked about it a billion times. We're just not at that point, and it just sucks to see, you know, pouring out for Dreamcast. It was the same scenario. They were just ahead of where we were, trying to push forward, but we just we weren't ready for that moment yet. And now I'm going to segue into something, Matt, that I was supposed to do earlier, but I didn't. PSVR 2 is right around the corner. I have it pre-ordered. I have it pre-ordered, in fact, with Horizon... You know, the Call of the Mountain. And if you didn't know, Matt, one of the releases is RE Village PSVR style, which is free for anybody who already owns Resident Evil Village. It's a free update. So I already get two games that sound fantastic and that I really want to play in PlayStation VR 2. But are the people ready? Is this technology going to go anywhere? Or after the PSVR 1 came out and everything else hit, are people kind of like, ah, it was neat, and they don't want it? Where are we at? Do you think this is going to be okay, or do you think the VR is going to die once again? It's too late for that to happen. I think it will always still be a a niche to just below mainstream type of thing. It's not going to go away. PlayStation is not going to get rid of it. You know, HTC Vive isn't going to go away. The the Oculus or Meta Quest or whatever that's not going to go away. It'll it'll always be there. I think with how much VR stuff rose up on YouTube. It can never go away again. Granted, I don't think it's as big anymore, but people see how much people like that kind of stuff. So even if it's priced out of most people's price range, it's too late to go away. It'll stay around forever. I don't think it'll ever get to be the point where you want it to be, but it'll always be there. I don't agree, damn it, Matt. No, it will get to the point I want it to be at. You know, I don't think it's going to happen soon, but... I got to keep holding on hope. And this is why I keep, you know, actually supporting this stuff is because I do want it to get to that point. I do want it to be where I can put a headset on and I'm in another world and I'm having a great time. That's the dream. That's the hopes. Do I think it's going to happen this time? No. But if you look at those VR, PSVR 2 specs, holy mackerels, they are fantastic. 
They are crazy good. The OLED screen, everything else, all the graphical capabilities and the power behind it. The fact that they got it down, and this ain't the best. They want no cords. This one has one cord, and that's it. And to me, that's acceptable. I don't see why people get so agitated about one cord, but... Just come with a fan? You need a fan. Got yeah, a fan. Listen, come with a bucket. If you could come with a bucket, system, you could afford a fan. Come with a little special bucket. <laughs> you don't need a bucket. The bucket's for, for the babies. I agree with the fan part, though. But you can afford a fan. You can afford a little baby fan to blow on you while you're playing. That keeps can't anymore. Just spend five thousand dollars on a VR setup, oh man. My come God, on now. Just, the, all these nerds, they got nothing but money. Spend it on forty nineties, forty eighties, forty seventies, and they want to cry that they can't afford the PS2 VR. You know. No, get out of here. I can afford anything if it's free, Eric. I can afford anything if it's free. Yeah, well, you know, you got to pick and choose. And what I think it really comes down to is that a lot of people are picking and choosing just to not go the route of, you know, putting in them big bucks to buy this one. And it worries me because I I want this to continue. And like you said, you think it will. And I think for the most part you're right. But will PlayStation continue? If this thing just completely bails or bombs... They might bow out, and it might just be your PC ones, the Vibe, the Quest, etc., that keep going. But it won't bomb because you have people who liked PlayStation 1 VR. And that's what I'm hoping PlayStation for. VR 1, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I now they're going to pl- do PlayStation VR 2. And if even if they stopped, well, you just have to get your 4090 and then hook the thing then up then to your new PC that you had one. to get. And you can do it the right way, you know? Not that that's not the right way. I want to. Well, you know what I mean. You, I know you what can, you mean. You can still do it like the full blown, fully full on PC mm-hmm. with it's all rigged up and shiny and hot and do all the hot. Yeah, I'm just saying this one is really you know specked out. It's going to be the best on the market. I'm very excited about it. I really hope it does well. Like you said, though, I do have issues being able to play for long you know amounts of time. I'm hoping that the you know the graphical updates and all that. And then, of course, the fan allow me to actually get in and play more. They released uh, like 30 games or whatever that are going to be there for launch. I'm not going to name them all or anything like that, but I'll just say like the Resident Evil Village one is a must-play and I already have it. I get Call of the Mountain, which I already have part of the bundle. So I'm very excited for this, assuming the wife doesn't force me to cancel said you know uh, pre-order and I don't get it at all. I can't wait to talk about it. And I, and I really hope uh, a lot of people who've been kind of negative and down on it come around once it's out and they see how cool it is and i'm just speaking out of my butt because yeah i don't know it's gonna be that great either all right two things and then we're gonna shut down the sony yep. pony train here right. the sony hype sell them all jones one when is the release date that would be february 20 something 22nd february 22nd 2023 all right so the second thing is you have to put this thing in the camper i don't know if it would work you got to put it in the camper, so that's because that's the only time we're ever going to experience this thing. Mm-hmm. If you bring it, we'll be drunken fools, and then we get sick all over. It'd be great. You, you'll take the fan away while we're in there. Like I don't understand why it's so confusing. Boom! But that's perfect. Take it. We'll we'll play it. James, we want to play turtles. Put on the headset. Mm. There then, you go. Go away, there you James. Ah, <laughs> uh, so hopefully it's fantastic. I just wanted to bring it up one last time. Because I don't feel like I really talked about it too much, even though I did pre-order and everything before they released everything, you know, all the games today for it. So just wanted to bring it up one last time. I'll talk more about it once I actually have it in my hands and can tell you how it played and how it felt. But yeah, I'm 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 very excited and I hope for the best. So now as we roll up towards the close of the show, what's that? I hear a little a tip tap, a little pitter patter 
on my front steps here, and I hear a little, I, I feel a finger reaching out that says, Bing Bong! Oh, I promised you last week you'd be on the next Mailbag Available episode, and here it is, because we got more feedback in the Discord of all places. We never plugged the Discord. It was in there. We got Ryan S. Peterson Games's top five games of 2022. People are literally, just like last week, we're releasing their top five games, so it's we're not late. You're we're not, not late. late. We're, we're not late. It's still in there, so he's. we're going to start... With his number five game, which is Dwarf Fortress. He writes, The Steam release of this game finally got me into this incredibly complex game. I had a friend guide me through getting the fortress set up, and it's been fun seeing just how many discrete things are in it. The community has been great, and I've had some new person in chat helping me every time I play. I will say, personally, that's one of those games like EVE Online. I hear so many great stories about this crazy thing you set up and all the little mechanics and all the little things, and it, it actually accounts for this in the game, and I've heard about like the the mermaid soul thing that the creator of the game had to patch out because of this weird thing that was going on. I've always wanted to play Dwarf Fortress. It's always been too much for me, just like Eve Online. I did say that actually in the Discord, and he said, hey, dude, it's actually a lot better with tutorials and people to help you out. Maybe I'll check it out, but it feels like if I did, it'd be the only game I play. It'd be too much. Uh, for me, it was you're just a nerd, Ryan. Okay, you're a nerd. All my nerd friends played this game. Daniel and Aaron and them. They, oh, this is the game to play. And they don't do nothing but crunch numbers and do nerdy things at their PC. They don't even know what consoles are. And I went, I'm never playing this game. This is for nerds. It's for PC crazy people. So you know what? Good on you. I'm glad you love it. But all I can think of about is those nerds that I used to call friends. You know what I mean? I was going to say, when he says nerds, he means like the weirdest and when like worst and strangest, strangest kind of human nerd. beings ever. Yeah. Just like so the, you, it's, they're indescribable. We do need a whole other podcast to describe this. But we're going to move on to his number four, which is Dark Souls. And he writes, Elden Ring finally gave me the knowledge to get through Dark Souls. I wonder if Elden Ring is going to show up later in this list. He says, I, he liked the slower pace of this game compared to Elden Ring as well. I haven't played the original Dark Souls. If you listen to the New Year's Resolution episode, I talked about how I'm going to play Dark Souls Remastered this year. I kind of have the itch to play it like right now because it's on the crossbar, and every time I see the guy with his flaming sword, I go, maybe it's now. It's probably not going to be right now, but I'm going to get on that train, and maybe it'll be on my game of the year list this year. We'll see. Hopefully. You know what? I keep watching the Remastered Demon Souls going on, so I'm getting tempted to get back into that and play it again. So, good on you. That's a good pick. I respect it. Up next, number three, Marvel Snap. He writes, I haven't had a card game grab me like this in a long time. The really quick matches make it addicting, and there's a ton of ways to make novel card combinations. I thought about doing a release of Marvel Snap here on the show, and I was like, ah, I don't know. But every time I see more about this game, it looks more fun. Like, like he says, the abbreviated match times. Like, I think there's like six rounds total, and it's over. And that's like, you, me, you, me, you, me, done. So it's not like dragging out forever. It's quick hit, and it looks flashy. It looks cool. I don't know. I mean, it's a free app, so why not at least try it? Maybe I'll give it a shot, too. Yeah, I can't. Uh, just to make sure Howard's never happy in life, I can never <laughs> give him the gratification of knowing I've played in a, uh, a mobile game. So, Ryan, you do it for us. I appreciate it. I hear nothing but good about Marvel Snap. Sounds great. I liked uh, Hearthstone for a while there, and it's from the people who did that, so it's I'm sure it's damn good. I will absolutely never play a Marvel Snap game against Daddy. That's not happening. That will never happen. <laughs> Up next, number two, 
His number two is Hades. He says, not a release from last year, but it was the year I played it. It was a really great way to spend my lunch break, dying to the Hades boss fight at the end. You heard me like two years ago or three years ago or whenever it came out. That was one of my games of the year that year. A fantastic game. Every time I hear about it or like when we saw the Hades 2 trailer reveal thing, it just makes me want to play it more because there's so much I didn't do in that game, even though I had a very fulfilling experience. A fantastic game that will always be in my heart. as just a game you just want to play forever. Yeah, great pick. Wonderful game. It threw me off. I always think I should go back to it. Especially after you just said, you know, Hades 2 showcased. I'm like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Will I? I don't know. I hope, I really hope to. I'm not being, in, you know, crazy here. I actually do want to try it again and just get through it because it's, it's wonderful. It's a beautiful game. Everybody says it's amazing. And I don't doubt that. I respect that a pick. Even though it's an old game, you're playing new, it's usually a matte thing. But I cheated this year too, so I can't really throw stones now. And then his number one game of the year is Elden Ring. He writes, I had a blast with the exploration in the game. The bosses were a bit much for me, but the breadth of content in its explorable space and builds is incredible. Yeah. You've heard it here. You said it best. It's an incredible game. We both absolutely loved it. You can't argue with that. No, fantastic game. Just one of those games that's going to be around forever. One of those games you're going to always remember having played and checked out. Great pick. It was my number one as well. It was Matt's number three, I think, or something like that. I think it ended up being four, but four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I was trying to, I was trying to put it down lower because it made me sad. But whatever, good, good. At least it was on the top five, for God's sakes. Wonderful game, great picks, Ryan. Yeah. You know what it's all about. You're playing the good games out there for sure. And then he also sends us in his New Year's resolutions for the year, which he didn't say to to not read it, but we told you ours, so I'm going to read you his. First up is release a game on Steam or Google Play. Hopefully both. I've released so many small games on Itch.io, but I've yet to do a full release on any of the main gaming platforms. I wanted to definitely read this one just to plug them. Ryan S. Peterson does a lot of pixel art games. Like he says, mostly smaller games on Itch.io. Go check him out. Go support him. He does live streams too. You can kind of see his character art, I think, in the live streams because they're bouncing along on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, right? a lot of his little pixel arts are bouncing around the bottom. I know Mahaka Gulung's been in there a few times over the... Over the uh, years here, you know, so yeah, definitely, definitely go check that out. It's fantastic. And definitely let us know when you do achieve that New Year's resolution so we can plug it on the show. You can be the release of the week that week, and hopefully we'll have Ooh. good stuff to say about it. I uh, Eric's got bad taste in games, so I don't know if you I can do, trust him. I do, but I'd let Matt do it, because you know, I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> His next New Year's resolution is to learn a new juggling trick. He's got some new juggling balls for Christmas and wants to get good use out of them. That's one of those things I wish I could do. You know, it's one of those weird talents of just, when you see somebody do it, you're like, man, that's cool. And then you try and do it like at home with like two tinfoil balls and, and you look idiot. like the biggest idiot in the world. Mm-hmm. So props to you for managing a skill that nobody else can do. Not nobody else. You know, I, well, I've you tried know juggling I, three balls and I can do it, but not cool. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I can like juggle the, the like three, the but I'm, yeah, I'm flopping kinda... around. I'm missing every third or fourth catch. But I've gotten to the point where I can at least do it a little bit. So that's why I said in the Discord, I said... I need to see a video of this at the end of the year. I want to see some tricks that you're up to, Ryan. And then, of course, he countered with saying that I have to get the basement in order and show him pics and give him a little thing of it actually True. looking decent. And I, <laughs> then I just abandoned all hope because I'm a terrible <laughs> human being. So. And then last but not least, he writes, interact more. 
I'm always on the internet, but I rarely leave comments. I care so much about people and the things they make, but rarely say so. With that said, thanks for the podcast, guys, and Happy New Year. Hey, we appreciate you. We love having you in the Discord and in the streams and stuff. And I will say, I said it in the Discord, too. I need to be better about that. We always talk about it. We're like, oh, man, where we get some fan mail and some interaction? And you know how much YouTube I watch, my, my long-form YouTubes? You know how many comments I leave? Like two out of the hundreds of thousands. So I need to be better about it, too. I need to be better, like, how should I say it? Like, content consumer? Mm-hmm. Like, a, a citizen of this content consumption space. Be a part of the community of it. Yeah, because I put it out it. there, and I don't get it back, and it makes me sad, but... I don't. But you put don't it out give there. it out either. I don't give it out either, so it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and when he said that, I felt the same way. I'm like, I very, I occasionally will participate in like Twitter chats and things like that, but it's only randomly here and there, and I don't ever. You know, I'm the same way. I'm guilty. You know, I'm guilty. I don't follow a lot of stuff. I actually listen to. I just go to their site and actually just listen to it when I, you know, the next week comes. But I don't actually follow them. I don't give them the ratings that we always want. And I'm like, that would have been a damn good, uh, that would have been a damn good New Year's resolution for me and for you, for that matter. It would have been yeah. perfect. Neither one of us grabbed it. Ryan, you did. So maybe I'll just kind of do it as a good person this year and then next year make it something that I continue to do. So definitely awesome. I was just thinking about it. I watched like three great videos or like videos that I've rewatched recently over the past few days. I'm like, I, didn't, I don't think I even gave him a thumbs up. I just watch the videos and add them to my watch later so I can watch it again. So, you know what? The next time I watch that video that I'm thinking about, I'm going to drop a good comment in there and say, thanks for this big, long-form video. You've inspired me, Ryan S. Peterson Games. And if you'd like to inspire us with your top five games of the year, your news resolutions, or if you just want to comment, a question, if you just want to say hi to us, you can do that via the email, thirdshiftme.gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. And you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us there, and I'll just give a shout-out. Hey, Joe DeSano, thanks for joining Discord. That's we true, appreciate yes. appreciate you having you in there. Go ahead, throw us. It's still you still got time. Throw us your freaking resolutions. Throw us your top five games while you're at it. And, of course, everybody else, come on over there. We'd love to have you. And, of course, if you don't want to do that, though, hey, Facebook's there. Like I just said, you can go to Facebook. I'm in there. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm listening. There's a couple lurkers in there once in a while. It's a, it's a strange place to be. But... If you don't want to be in a weird place like Facebook, you can go over to Patreon. It's like a tip jar. Maybe throw a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks our way. Helps us out, keeps the lights on, pays all the bills. We tell you all that all the time. It really does actually help. But if you can't support us monetarily, you can go to Twitch. Prime subs, if you got Amazon Prime, that's free for you, except for the you know, actually, you know, the prime sub thing you're doing. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, that helps. You can give us mailbag questions. You can just communicate with us in the Discord, which we just talked about. You can give us the five-star ratings, which I can only tell you a billion times does help. It throws us up there. It makes us quicker to see, quicker to watch whenever we're popping up and people are looking for gaming podcasts, which then gets us more people listening, more people following, and we become super cool and gods, and then we can rule the world. You know what I'm saying? You could have said, like, become as gods, and then it would have even tied into another thing that we love from years ago. Ooh, you're right. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Missed opportunities. But you can definitely listen to that very next episode, which will be dropping on iTunes and Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube, on or around the 26th of January. And I'll just, I'll just tell you right now, folks. It's going to be wild. It's going to be short. 
And it's going to be wild. It's going to be piecemealed together because I'm on the early shift and Eric's on the late shift. So there's literally no time we can actually record it together unless we did it in the weird afternoon. And it's probably not going to happen. So, But we will be there with an episode for you because we never take breaks. Third shift never goes on break. Trust me, Matt never lets us. I beg all the time. That's right. He does. And I say no. But what I also say is, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We truly, truly appreciate it. Those five-star reviews on the iTunes, on the Spotify, helps us immensely. Get out there. New year, new you. Give us the five-star ratings. We just talked about it. We want to be more positive. We want to go out there and give some love and feedback to the podcast and the YouTubes, etc. that we watch and listen to and get entertained by day by day by day. Please do so with us as well. Get us that feedback. Get us them, you know, them opportunities to get out there and get more listens, get more views, and just rise up in the ranks of awesomeness. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. And hope you consider it. And with that, there's nothing else to say but... Don't forget to say Shut up and sit down.